Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How are you doing? Um, anyway, thanks so much for listening. You know, uh, I, I had this real realization about um, how, how it's getting warmer. It's getting brighter. It was 6 p.m. yesterday and it was light up. But you know what else is really interesting to me is I am starting to have ambivalence about, um, about going back to normal. There's part of me that's really enjoying that. There's a certain freedom in not feeling, I, you know what it is? It's competitiveness. That's what it is. I am really competitive based on insecurity. It's a very negative quality that I have. And during the pandemic, there was a lack of that. I didn't get that fed so much because people aren't doing shows and they're not out there doing things. And, and I've heard this from other people, you know, I've heard this echoed back to me and from other people, like there's this pressure and not having to compete, um, because there's nothing to compete over. And, you know, um, I, I kind of felt a little bit of freedom from that. So I, I'm just, you know, I'm just, if you, you know, maybe you feel that way and, uh, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not happy about it, but I'm not ashamed of it. Okay. So thanks a lot for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Dr. Lisa. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. I'm here every Thursday, two to three, um, on Radio Free Brooklyn. And you can go to my page on Radio Free Brooklyn and download one of my two, over 250 episodes. And speaking of Radio Free Brooklyn, um, it is the greatest station in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, I've listened to every single show and this is clear. This is clearly every station, every single show, and we are the best. There's no question about it. Uh, we have everything. We have all sorts of music. We have so many different kinds of music and politics. It's kind of like a little world unto itself. So I, and we, you know, this is a really tough time. We are a nonprofit. We are, we could use some help. So please go check us out on radiofreebrooklyn.org. And please, please, please look at the uh, donation page and the merch page. Cause we have some really, really, really great merchandise. So I'm going to, uh, I have a great guest today who I'm ex- thrilled to have on the show. And, uh, he's somebody I'm really impressed. His work is major to, I mean, I've had a lot of really great artists on here, but Andrew, and I'm not, I'm going to get him to say his name right. Uh, Andrew, Aha, I know I'm supposed to know how to say it, but I don't. I've heard it before. He's going to say it. But anyway, his work is, um, well, I'm not the only one who likes it. A lot of people like it. He's been, his work has been named in the like top 10 shows, top 19 best art shows at Vulture Magazine. He's been reviewed in, in, I'm looking at all these reviews. Okay. So go, you know, his, he's represented by pierogi. Okay. So you should go to their page and look it up, do your own fucking research. Okay. But he, 
he's what he's somebody that I call I call him the uh, Andy Kaufman of the art world because he's incredibly conceptual and he makes these really really huge pieces and if you don't really know are they art or are they it's an experience you don't really know if they're art or art or what is this what is this and it's kind of mysterious and it's kind of up to the viewer to make their own uh you know make their own decision so I think the thing that he's most well known for is this thing called House Party, which lasted for like a month where he built a house inside a real suburban house inside a gallery. And it was open as a party and people would go there and treat it like it was a suburban home. It was super, super fun. But he's also done things that are a lot smaller. Like one time he installed an ATM in at an art fair and you could put a dollar in there and you get a receipt and that's the art. So it's just it's just uh, really conceptual, conceptual stuff. And uh, I could spend the whole hour uh, rhapsodizing about how interesting his work is and how smart it is and how uh, socially important it is. It's important work, and he gets really good reviews. Jill Steinhauer, Rog. Okay, so I think we've covered everything that is uh, his fabulousness, so let's say hi to him. Andrew, there you are. Hi. Hi, how's it going? Good. How How was that? Did that sound good? Um, the uh, the the only thing that uh, it sounded great, and um, thank you very much. I uh, well, I well. Do you think? Do you think we kind of covered the Andy Kaufman of the art world? I like that. <laughs> I guess that that seems appropriate. I love Andy Kaufman, so uh, I I approve. But I mean, to explain. Ex- I mean, it's hard to. I'm trying to like make your. I'm trying to like shorthand your work for an audience that may may not know about art that can't see what you've done what do you want to um yeah i guess that you know i i fell in love with large i i went to school uh yeah it was in drama initially oh i didn't know that that's interesting so what were you going to be were you going to be a i i first i went in as an english major and then uh decided that I didn't really like writing essays and then went to a, a drama major and it was Cal uh, and just kind of crazy. Cal and art? Everyone, uh, no, uh, Berkeley. Um, Berkeley. Berkeley. Um, wow. So you must yeah. have been a good student. Sort of. Um, <laughs> in a way, uh, I kind of always like, you know, didn't do the work and then would do sort of the last minute, like come up with something that I felt was important enough that I had to really get get it just right and so would work so you're you're not class. good until you until it's too late and then you get the pressure and then some come some really good comes out yeah i mean th- i've learned to kind of adapt my own workflow to that so uh, that used to be a lot more true for a lot of the early pieces like where it would just be too much and i would never have time to finish but then the later you know as it's gone on i'm kind of like 
getting much better at getting to like you practice nine percent of completion do, that I wanted. Yeah. Do do um, what kind of what did you think when you were studying uh, theater arts? Were you thinking about being an actor or? Um, I don't really know if I was. Th- I mean, it wasn't very long, so it was uh, just like a short stint. I always loved the performative quality mm-hmm. and um, kind of embodying this character in a way that you really, you know, you feel it. And I, I, it's not just like you're actively trying to be someone else, you become someone else. And, um, you know, I think that that, I definitely see uh, the, how that translated into my work now. And um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so why don't you explain, why don't you explain that? Because I think that would help help us sort of stage tricks that you know the costume the the environment the set um and those all contribute to sort of your being able to transition into this other character and then i use kind of the same i mean i call it a lot of times set design for or uh, uh, uh that my pieces are are a, a set for the audience and so you know the set mm-hmm. is in the audience they they walk through and and this idea that like you are the man of the room that you're standing in or, or the person of the room that you're standing in. And, and so the architecture dictates your behavior and to some extent or another, all of the pieces sort of focus on that and that, you know, they're, they're kind of a function set up by the architecture and the mm-hmm. design, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Uh, that atmosphere makes you behave differently. And um, that's a really, that's excellent. That's excellent. That's right. excellent. Excellent way to put it. Oh, good. Um, Thank you. Like your your piece that you did at Pierogi right before the pandemic, right? Yeah. In the fall. Why don't you explain that briefly? Very briefly. Um, okay, so that, that was called 5,000 Square Feet Will Divide. And I felt at that time, this is uh, 2019, and so it was kind of building up to it during the summer of 2019 and feeling like, you know, I don't really know. I mean, I've been here for 12 years uh, at that point. Oh God, I guess it's been 15 years, but um, I just saw everything closing and changing and uh, sort of like, I don't feel like having an opening. I, I don't know, the magic is gone. And this this kind of terrorizing process that I have, that I go through every time I try and come up with a new piece. Um, and I was like, well, okay. So you had a show coming up, right? Did You were on the schedule and they gave you a show because uh, they they know they know who they're dealing with somebody who's really good yes and so they said okay you have a show x that opens x date do whatever you want is that what they said right. september 2019 okay and so this is like- a highly visible ground floor gallery in the lower east side yep. and so you didn't know what you were going to do right yep and then you were were you panicked or what happened there oh absolutely always every every single show i've ever had I mean, I feel like if you're not panicked, then you're doing something wrong. But I know other artists don't feel like that. But for me, that's my take on it. Like, I feel like if I don't, if I'm not worried that this will, uh, I mean, it better be the the be all end all of my career up until that point. Otherwise, I'm not really willing to put in the work. And that's what gets me to put in the work. So, yeah. So I was really trying to think, like, what kind of an opening do I want? What kind and of how, how, how long before the show opened did you come up with the idea? Um. Eh, it was a good i think two or three months probably um you know so but it just struck me like maybe i don't want to have an opening maybe i'm 
want to talk about. Like I, I was kind of started by uh, this, you know, this process where I try and think of the of the piece, and and that led me to like, you know, what about like a closed restaurant? Uh, sort of, I see these around where this New York thing of like a restaurant goes in, puts in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then just three months later they're gone. Mm-hmm. And that's always a magical thing to see, to, for me to see. Maybe not for the, mm-hmm. the people who put in the money, but like you know, that, like, wow. Uh, okay, okay. I want to get to more. I want to okay. get to. I want to. I I want to get to important things. Right. I want to get to your feelings. Yep. So um and um okay so I got okay some okay on okay so anyway I'm just going to shorthand this okay for you guys out there. What he did was he created a scaffolding outside the gallery, and the gallery looked like a store that was for rent. Just describe it really quickly. I can. Uh, uh, it, it, the idea was to have a to close the gallery, to kick the gallery out of their own space, like kind of like. And I, I was thinking of it like a mock execution. And to, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of a mock execution is you realize it's very feels very good to be alive when you realize you could have been shot or whatever. But you know, the, the, so was, so it felt like people like you could rent the space. Yeah, Five hundred square feet will divide, so you could go in and rent the space. Yep. And when you walked into the gallery, it looked like a space that was designed to like for somebody to look in and browse to rent right so in the process of being built out for subdivision and rental right so you so the idea was if you didn't know what to expect you could walk in there and be very confused and think you could rent the place right i mean even a lot of people who did a lot of were confused and didn't know where the gallery was Mm -hmm. so yeah so you set up this environment where people, where you were sort of, and this is the Andy Kaufman thing, because you kind of created this very real environment that tricked people into feeling like, or thinking, I mean, it just, everything about it was so authentic. And so when you walked in there, you thought that you were walking into a storefront that you could rent and everything about it said that. And I imagine uh, what your goal was, Andrew, was to sort of the 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 beauty in having people confused, or right. like to really ride that line the way Andy Kaufman rode that line on yes. stage, right? Sort of uh, like to understand it, live it forwards, and then understand it backwards, like to get their mm-hmm. displacement mm-hmm. in the community by their physical displacement from their own space. Mm-hmm. And, and so, what was your feeling about that show? How it worked. I mean, I, you know, it got great reviews. Wasn't it like one of the, it was in the New York Times. It got, everyone loved it. The art world loved it. But what was your feeling about it? I mean, I loved it. I think that it came off exactly where I judge each show as, you know, how how close did it get to what I wanted it to be? And that really was in that 99th percentile of where I wanted it to be. Right, Uh, right. But I mean, so, no, I, I, but what was your feeling about, like, what did you learn from observing the, I mean, it worked exactly how you wanted. I'm certain of that. Right. So how, how, how was that? Did people get confused? What was the results? Was it funny? Did you get? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that the, the crazy to me, it was like, wow, it really, really accomplished what I wanted it to because art world audience was like, uh, sort of standoffish and and wouldn't go in and we're like we're outside of this closed gallery that says the address but we're not uh, where's the where's the gallery for rent piece and it's like oh well you're standing right in front of it however construction workers were like yo can i get some water and would just cruise in because you've created this environment that, that they're familiar with and they're comfortable with however for an art seer uh, a viewer it's not 
a typical environment. So they I love that. I love that. Were you there a lot? Yeah, I was there uh, a good amount. And then was that I fun? Mean, that must have been so much fun. Well, I feel very comfortable in construction sites. Uh, and, you know, I, I, there's so much weird stuff that goes on. So, yeah, it was really fun. And um, did you get to interact with people in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise? Like um, the construction guys? That must have been really fun. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of used to that. But uh, uh, I think that it just brought out a lot of, you know, it, it, it changed the way that people saw the space. And so watching them adjust their behavior was kind of the most interesting part. And that is true for all the pieces, you know, it's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the bar to the house party to the ATM vestibule. I'm going to ask you one really crass question and yeah. then we're going to move on to like where you are now okay. uh, emotionally, of course. So the really crass question is um, as any, uh, so uh, what what can you what can people buy? How do you make mon- How do you monetize that, or do you? Yeah, well, you get um, asked that a lot. That is a good question. I, I do get asked that a lot, and I feel like uh, I mean the 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 main answer is like that kind of a piece is pretty difficult to sell as a piece because it exists in that specific space. So mm-hmm. you, you can you know the concept. It is uh, mm-hmm. going down to Florida. Uh, uh, oh, that's great. In 2021 with Christian Viveros, but, uh, what, you know, like, Oh, wow. Well, kind of, that's wonderful. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm excited about that. So, so that's really an example of like the piece being this concept it's in a way like the, like the banana, it's kind of like, it exists as, as a certificate of authenticity. And, uh, it, it but I, I feel like the pieces that actually, sell uh, which in a way that i think you're describing are are more of the pieces that are smaller uh that are in the fair like the take a bronze take a number dispenser uh the um dollar bill acceptor atms oh okay so you don't expect to make you don't expect i mean it's an amazing piece and it got so much press and all that it doesn't i mean you know the money seems sort of I mean, you can, you can get no, so I, much. I absolutely would love to, uh, but, but it's, that, but I do feel like it is, uh, you know, take someone with impeccable taste and work and, uh, deep pockets. Right. But you, know. you at this point, people could, you could probably make, you know, God knows what and something. And I mean, people are like, it's a real Andrew. Oh, say your last name. <laughs> I never got that right. Say it again. Ohanessian. 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 Is that correct? Okay, good. So let's talk about where you are now. Like what's going on in your life right now? Well, just to close that out, there are usually from each piece, even if they are massive and difficult to sell as one, there are usually, uh, so there were takeaways uh, or uh, sellables that were pamphlets, brochures of that space, cut sheets that real estate agents would give you. um, That kind of detritus from the fake real estate company, well, the real estate company that I created, Checkmate Real Estate. And so those items were sellable. Uh, oh, okay. That's what I was sort of wondering. Right. Okay, yes. good. So oh, so yeah. Things, so you yeah. did have some object that you could right. sell from that. And that's yes. what it was. Yes. Okay. And the entire piece is for sale. Uh, contact Joe Amron. Can, can, can I ask how much it was? They, they're going to want to know. You can um, say, no, don't. I don't feel like talking about it. No, I mean, I think that it, because the piece would be done yeah, I, I imagine it, you know, can be done anywhere. Would you like me to do it at your apartment? Good. Get out. 
uh, you know, and so we could, hmm. it, it is kind of variable prices. Oh, uh, I see. I see what you mean. Depends on the space. Okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, I just, you know, I want, um, before we get to the next phase of this interview, I just want to tell people, you know, Andrew just came back from, uh, stay, he went to, uh, you went to visit your parents at Thanksgiving, right? Yes. And then you wound up unexpectedly staying there because of the pandemic until a month ago when his parents got vaccinated and he came back to New York City where he where you live. Right. So so your life. Uh, particularly, I mean, where our, all of our lives have been ups, turned upside down, but your life has really been turned upside down because you were living with your parents in California until a month ago. And uh, that's a really big deal. That's yeah. a really big deal. So, so like what's going on? How's your life? What's going on? Um, I mean, it was, a crazy transition back because in California, just everything slowed down. It was great to be able to spend two months with my parents. Uh, and you know, I haven't had that time since high school, but now being back, it's a weird trend. It's always a weird transition coming back to New York, even when I've been gone for a weekend. Um, but it, this feels like I'm coming back to a New York that, that is, may, maybe isn't completely stopped, but is moving a lot slower than I'm used to. Huh? Um, Interesting. You know, it, I feel like, especially the art world, like, you know, it's just, uh, that was always the draw of New York, that it's this kind of like crazy machine that somehow keeps working, you know, as the openings keep happening and and uh, things, I mean, I, I, I really appreciate how you could just go to openings and not really need to have much of a strategy and you would just run into people and end up talking about art and and then uh ideas would be had and and shows would be discussed and that isn't there anymore and i i have turned more online and and been uh, trying to be present on social media but it's just different for me and and uh i was yeah i was so going to ask like you about that because you have a pretty for for a high profile a uh, creative person, you have a pretty low profile on social media and you use John Belushi as your uh, photo, uh, yeah. which seems very like you're trying to hide. Uh, I just have to say that as a self-proclaimed yeah. psychotherapist. So are you uncomfortable with social media? Um, or like, why? what are you hiding, Andrew? You don't want people, to, you don't want to put, oh, is it so too much. much work? What's going on? Why aren't you a social media star? I think that. The I need you to be one. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm counter, that's all counter transference. Well, <laughs> I think a lot of the the issue that I have with social media, and, and this is something I'm trying to conquer, but uh, it's like why I'm. I've never tried uh, online dating um, because I the first hurdle uh, of getting there is describe yourself. And I, I, I literally, I, I have a lot of trouble doing that without somebody else in front of me. Um, what does I'm that asking, mean? What like, do you mean by that? Why, why, what difference does it make if you have somebody in front of you? I mean, kind of like somebody in front of me asking and communicating. And it's through that communication that I define who I am. Like, you know, this back and forth with you right now, I don't know that I could do that alone, um, you know, and, and it, it, somehow it like makes me want to prove something or or it gives me ideas, spurs me on in a way that me in my own echo chamber inside my head, I don't have that uh, 
flow. So is it that you have trouble evaluating who you are on your own or are you in avoidance? Do you not want, like, how do you, like, do you not want there's something about what you're saying that indicates that you need, that you're not comfortable uh, defining who you are in as you know, inside, uh, without having another person, another human, maybe even a pet, I don't know, dogs. Or I guess it, I'd say it's tough to define myself. I, I define myself by my surroundings. And, and this is how I look at the work sometimes is like, then I put that and let the surroundings define other people. I that kind of. Yeah. So that makes sense. But, um, where do you think that comes from? Hmm. I mean, your I parents, some of a, uh, that actor's mentality of like, uh, that it's <laughs> the vessel kind of mentality. I don't, um, you look like you're getting, he's getting uncomfortable guys. I just want to tell you something. This is on am, zoom totally. and he's like totally mussing with his hair right now and looking all awkward. I'm making him awkward. Don't you love that? Yeah, I'm totally natural. No, I'm sorry. I don't want to make you awkward. I really no, no, don't. Right. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Like, it seems like there's something. And, and I thought that the first time I saw the John Belushi when you, and I was like, is that him? I was like, that's John Belushi. Cause right. let me tell you guys, this good look, Andrew's good looking. You, you'd think that, and he's well known. You'd think he'd use his own picture. Okay. And he's not. Calling me out here. And, and, <laughs> and, change it after this. and so anyway, like where, so you're an only child, right? I am. And do you think that somehow your parents' view of you, like, did you think, do you think that, um, like, your parents define, you saw who you were in their eyes by how they fed back to you who you are? How's that for theory? That's a good theory. It's a good theory? Yeah. I mean, um... Because you're an only child, so you were never like the good one, the bad one, the <laughs> smart one, the dumb one. You were only an one. only child, yeah. right? And you have a really close relationship well, with your parents, I think. Yeah. Um, mm, and they were supportive of you, as you said earlier. Yeah. Um, um, so to me, not to you guys. He said it He said it before we got I on. I mean, I feel like they've also been, uh, uh, it's kind of like, supportive of this idea that like I don't, I don't I, to be honest I don't know how I sort of figured out that it was okay to make work that was not in the traditional frame of what I art did. yeah it's very original it's a very original pursuit I, uh but I feel like my parents and my mom specifically have always kind of supported this outside of the box thinking um and so I guess that you know it's a function of like making a mess in the kitchen and instead of yelling at me, my mom gets the camera and is like, well, what are you doing with this mess? And what, you know, how is this going to be something? So I, do you feel like sometimes, um, that you don't know, I mean, and I'm not, I mean, look, whatever you're making is great. So however you get there, I'm sorry if it's not fun all the time, but I'm sure some of it's very painful and difficult. But the thing is, is that, 
I'm wondering if uh, you're, you don't know if it's good unless you, like what you just said about like your mom taking pictures. So like you think you're making a mess as a child and then your mom comes in and all of a sudden the perception of thinking that you've maybe failed or, or not, you know, whatever is now changed completely and elevated into that you're doing something great. But it yeah, didn't no, come I mean, from what you made. It came from being recognized. Yes, I, I think that totally has something to do with it. I I, I feel like uh, that that leads to this product testing that I do, where I can kind of like I have an idea, and then sort of the way that I refine that idea is telling people about it, and it's like a uh, almost a you know. Uh, selling painting them a picture but a mental picture of this you know i mean the mm -hmm. house party it was like i was telling people about that for for months before it happened and mm -hmm. the first reaction that i got from everyone is like uh, you know like oh man sounds cool can i take a shit in it and i'm like uh no there's a bathroom down the hall like what are you no you can't take it but by the third person i'm like okay i think i need to put a bathroom in there um, so, you know, that, that, I mean, that's kind of a very mechanical, uh, uh, well, that was a really hard piece to imagine. And you guys should go look it up because you can't really imagine unless you see pictures. Right. And I found a picture today when I was doing research where I'm in it. And so is oh, Eric, wow. Eric Doringer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. And yeah, Rob. Was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was a great piece, but, I mean, but there's so many, they're all good. But anyway, so the thing is, is that, um, Talk about feedback. I mean, you got so much, but I'm wondering, this is what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it transfers to you in any way. Like, do you feel like you have a hard time recognizing um, what's positive or great about you in your own, like if you're alone in the world, like if you're, if you don't have other people around, do, does that become hard to understand for you? It, um, okay. So I feel like what we're talking about uh, that sort of uh, the psychological stuff that you were talking about it only affects me in the creation process. But then once I'm done with the piece and it's sort of sealed and, and sent off wherever those, you know, whatever uh, uh, into history, um, once I look at the piece again, it doesn't feel like my work. I mean, I, it, it, I, I know it, but it, it, it feels separate enough where I'm like, Oh wow! I really did that. Like wow. I yeah. No, I could. Yeah. I under. I can understand that. But I'm talking about you, Andrew. Right. I'm talking about like. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking for what it's worth, and I'm self-proclaimed. I don't know anything. So the thing is, is that, um, you know, I I actually really appreciate that you seem to have some self doubt, right? Like you have self doubt. Oh, you have a lot, you have a lot of self, you have I mean, self doubt. The dirt that I use from the giant hole that I feel like I find myself in. That's okay. The next piece. So anyway, but the thing, the thing is, is that from the outside looking in, you know, most people would be surprised that you have that self doubt because all the, most of the work you've made is a real success and you're good looking and charming and popular, I think, and all those other things. So, um, but then, um, but then there's part of you and I think it's a self doubt that drives you to do the work. I think that's, uh, I mean, or at least expressing it and then 
turning that self-doubt into something that I can be proud of is a very positive cathartic process for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess that in some ways, I, uh, the, the, the social media thing, I've had to tackle this idea that like, I, I sort of, you know, one of the reasons that I got out of acting was like, because everyone the whole time is, this is me, this is me, this is me, I'm me. And uh, I sort of felt like I liked the art uh, world aspect of like, you know, you lay low and then kind of go through these, these processes to come up with a piece and then the piece is the work. And so you're there, but, but you're sort of focused on, on that piece. Whereas now I still think that the, the, uh, the person has become like very public as well the artist in instagram and uh yeah 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 and and it is a lot like acting because right i mean when you're on stage or in a movie particularly you you transform into another person and that person is the one that's out there not you right um and so i see a very clear parallel there uh but what I'm, yeah, what I'm wondering about is, um, yeah, yeah, uh, that's interesting. I think that, like, I guess I'm wondering where the self-doubt comes from, because your parents really liked you, right? I mean, I a lot of times I feel like it comes from this, uh, I feel like the ideas that I try to think of um, are I think they're terrible. I mean, I think they're, you know, roundly like, oh my God, that's so stupid. Why would you ever do? Is it because you have so many ideas? I generally have. uh, And and then just like a couple of them are like, so you'd have like a hundred ideas or a thousand ideas that no one ever heard of, but you have this one brilliant one, but you have to find the needle in the haystack and you don't know. Right. Well, usually that one falls into my lap. I mean, usually it's like this kind of uh, process of like, really trying to dig through the mountain and then at the very end like realizing that I I hate that idea and and something sort of all that thing that I all the tunneling that I've been through um results in maybe a dream or or sort of just a flash of of creativity and then like oh wait no that So let's go back to social media because I think it's really an interesting dilemma that that I mean, I can see how your relationship with social media is part of that. Um, I, I, I get the feeling like I looked at the number of posts you have and stuff like that. You don't really make much of an effort of putting yourself out on social media. Is that right? I mean, well, I, feel I mean, like which I, is I, fine. I, um, so wait, let me just, I, let me just put this. Me, so, yeah. So, okay. So. Because I don't want people to think that there's, it's important to put yourself out there on social media. All I'm saying is, guys, I'm talking to you, you guys out there. So the thing is, it's really important. To, I mean, it's not important, but it's like if you, if you were Andrew, you could really advance your career if you made uh, a big effort on social media. People are probably looking for it. You could probably put it out there. It wouldn't be a lot to do. Uh, but Andrew is actively, uh, and I, I don't know if he's hurting him. Some people, I, I admire it, but some people would say an art artist, you know, uh, artist person might say, uh, 
Andrew, you've got to get on this social media thing. It's hurting your career. I don't, I don't care. Personally, it doesn't matter to me, and I don't no, advocate that. for it. But there are people who would say that, and therefore there's confusion. That's where the confusion is. So, Andrew, can you address, like, your, uh, what is your relationship with social media? You don't like it, which is fine. Or- is that I, I would rather not be the star. I mean, I would rather the work be the star, and so I've had trouble sort of figuring out how to post. And then also I'm very, uh, I'm a, a huge perfectionist about like, you know, if I'm going to, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. And so then that leads to like, I can't, I feel, I feel uncomfortable posting a sketch of something if it's not completed. And, uh, you know, it lives in this universe that I've approved. And so a lot of stuff does not make that filter. Um, ah, perfectionism. So, yeah. Great is the enemy of the good. Oh, absolutely. Well, but it, but I think it works for you, but it's got to be painful. Oh, it's incredibly painful. I just like, can't get, can't make a meme without spending four hours on it. Like, you know, it's just anything I do, I go back and forth and like, is this the best version of it? Is there a better way to express this? Or I, you know, um, so where, where's the perfectionism from? Um, think that I don't know I mean my my dad is probably more of a uh perfectionist um he's very driven and um what does he do he's an ophthalmologist uh he's an ophthalmologist yes Um, an eye guy an eye doctor guy yeah Uh, and where's the perfectionism come in there um Making sure I get the right glasses. Is he good at <laughs> making sure it's the right eye? Uh, no, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, he's you know, I feel like it, the nature of eye surgery is that it has to be. Different. Oh, he's an eye surgeon, right? Or he does surgery on eyes. Oh, yeah, you can't fuck with that. Those yeah, things are small. They're small, and they like. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, and when- and. He doesn't want to fuck that up and then have somebody go blind, which which has probably happened, whether he fucked it up or not. And so traumatic. That's so in, intense, really. Right. His, his reasoning kind of resonates to me. I'm not even sure how, but uh, the reason he loves it and got into it or that he's told me a lot of times is uh, that somebody goes into the cardiologist and that they tell them they're going to die. And then they have this, you know, kind of invasive surgery and they come out and they're still alive, but they're very hurt and whatever, but they're, they're going to live. Um, whereas you go into the eye doctor and you can't see, and then they have surgery and then they can see. Oh, wow. You know, that That's like, Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I feel like, okay, if my pieces could do something even close to that, that that's would God, that's very godlike. Right? Yeah. That's where medicine and God or, you know, intersect for sure. Uh, uh, wow. So did you ever meet any of his patients? Did you ever see any kind of results? Oh, tons, yeah. So you would you would witness that, right? You would witness the emotional impact of your father fixing somebody's eyes yes. on that person. Yeah, that must be incredible. It's it's uh, it, it's pretty crazy, and then even even more so. And he has a charity that the Armenian Eye Care Project. He goes to Armenia and does really uh, eye surgery and and then has started a school and a mobile eye hospital that drives oh my god you just gave me the chills it's so beautiful (laughs) it's pretty amazing there's what an impressive guy and you're a goddamn artist i know right 
Jesus, do something worthwhile. What a waste. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I think you are doing something worthwhile. But but I do. But the thing thing is, is were you like a little, do you remember that from like your childhood? Are you imprinted with that stuff where like your dad creating magic in other people's lives? Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, just uh, all throughout my life, I, I definitely like have seen the way that he was treated in the white coat and just, it's very um, godlike, I guess you know. It's, revered, <laughs> yeah. Revered, yeah. Um, sure. And, uh, I, I, yeah, he is a complete workaholic, com- perfectionist, and uh, and now that he's retired, is the Armenia uh, Armenian Eye Care Project has become his full time job, and um, he is a micromanager in that. And- oh. He's a workaholic. How about your mom? What is she? What did what did she do? Does My she mom, do? Um, was in. Uh, she went to school for fashion design, and then uh, uh, when her and my dad, she was working at the Mass Ioneer. They met in Boston, then they moved out to California, and then she um, uh, began. She stopped working uh, for herself, and 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 they sort of partnered on opening a practice in California. And she was sort of running that practice for the first. Mm. So she's like uh, the business manager or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and do they work together? Do they spend a lot of time together? Well, since in the, in the pandemic, they've been spending a lot of time together. No, but I mean, is it the kind of thing where he's out running around the world doing surgery and she's running everything at home or are they together doing stuff? Um, no, they're together. Uh, they're a great team. So they're a good team. That's great. A lot. Yeah. That's perfect. They're perfect. That's horrible. I know. Who wants to grow up with perfect people? I know. Right. There's so much to live up to. Yeah. So is your dad. So, um, uh, I'm feeling that you're very self-critical, right? Is that what we're talking about? Um, maybe not as uh, about your work uh, about, absolutely. Or yeah. about, about, you're just self-critical, right? Or, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I find that such a charming quality, especially in guys. They're not critical, self-critical. My husband is not, yeah. I admire his confidence. That's what I admire about him. But once in a while, I'd be like, come on, really? Yeah. So, um, uh, that was, a, yeah, I know. That was a very nice egg that you made. Very nice, Phil. Very, very nice. So, so, um, thank you. But, but, um, so is it, crit- we're, I'm wondering, this is what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if your dad just put out this example that of like such a, I mean, he is a truly remarkable man, it sounds like, and somebody that deserves every bit of respect and reverence that he gets. Uh, he's contributed huge. He's contributing even in his retirement. I mean, it's like, it's amazing. Like, oh my God, <laughs> that's your dad. I'm, I'm, I'm always in awe of how much he's. I'm in awe of him and I haven't met him and I don't really <laughs> even know that much about him. So, but what I'm saying is, are you self-critical because you, you're like comparing yourself to him? Like I'll never be that person or are you self-critical because you imagine they're he's criticizing you um i would say that i'm more critical of myself in the way that if i'm going to produce it and put my name on it then it has to sort of stand up to the absolute best standards that i would hold it 
to that I would, you know, and um, yeah, I, I, I just want it to be the best that I could possibly do if I'm going to produce it. And so that it leads, I think it's led to a lot of good work, but it also has led to a lot of work that gets killed right before it gets the ability to get out into the world um, because I'm like, doesn't pass the muster, kill it. Really? And, and, and have you heard from, has that, like, do you think that is, is hurting your work? I mean, do, have you ever heard people, do, what do you think? Are you afraid to take risks? No, I, don't, I mean, I don't think you can make these giant pieces and be afraid to take risks. No, no, you're not afraid to take risks, but I mean, are. I think that, um, I, I, I guess this is like my possibly old fashioned view that like, I want a clear and concise um, uh, sort of every piece to be the, the, the best it can be, but like uh, to have a through line and sort of if I have something that doesn't quite meet those requirements, I, I shy away from putting it out there. And I feel like, you know, I mean, there, there are literally, there's a folder of memes that I've made, you know, then this is so stupid, but like that I'm just like, I can't, it's not funny enough. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say that this has nothing to do with an emotional issue. This is just actual genuine integrity. <laughs> it's actually a moral thing. It's actually, you actually have that level of integrity that is uh, uh, hard to recognize for me immediately that quickly. It, it bleeds into self-doubt. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I would say, I would say, yeah, um, yeah, stick, yeah, don't stick with that. Uh, uh, that's great. Integrity? I mean, uh, also, I think there's a, a quality where a lot of these pieces, like, they, they start in their infancy, they're kind of confusing. And telling somebody about it or, or showing something, I'm, I'm, until I'm ready to package the whole thing, I, I'm worried that I would then present something that wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that because they're really complicated pieces that take a lot. Do you do all the physical? There's a lot of physical labor in this stuff too, yeah, right? A lot of physical, yeah. And um, you do you do it yourself or do yeah, you? I, I always do it myself. Sometimes they require more than just me. Um, I'm always there working on it. But, uh, you know, something like the house party built in a month is not possible without outside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of course not. But, but I mean, you design, I mean, you. you oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's a huge, huge, no, guys, you got to look up, you got to look up Andrew's work. Okay. I mean, look, look it up. It's like amazing. You can't imagine it. If you don't know about it, you can't imagine it. Okay. Let's just leave it at that. Well, that's so, the other thing that's difficult for me about social media, because I have some shots of the house party. And so you were, were there and you, you know, that, that experience, uh, you, you know, the experience, but to just post one of those images, I'm like, how is this not just a, a house party photo? Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. You wouldn't know what it was. You wouldn't know what it was. This is, right. this is true. This is true. So how do you, how do you, okay. So your relationship with social media, I'm totally fine. If you really just have this level of integrity and that's more important, the quality of what you're posting versus, uh, whether you have a billion followers or whatever the goal of social media is, I'm not quite sure. Or is it, so if that's what 
really is going on, that's cool. But if you're um, hiding hiding from us, then that's different. So what do you think, which do you think it is? Are you hiding or are you? Um, you know, okay, so I'm going to take this in a, the way that when I, because I fell in love with the large scale installation work and I love them and, and I, I love to lock people off. They don't see anything but inside my piece. And, uh, you know, a lot of them have long hallways to prevent them from seeing outside. And so then I was confronted with like, well, how do I, you know, the gallery wants something for a fair and how do I do something in the fair? I can't take up that much room or whatever. And so I sort of made these things that uh, it's just one object, but that object in the larger room that it's in changes the way you see the room. Uh, so right. The slot machines in the armory are sort of like turn the entire thing into a casino or it's like, you know, the corner corner has been lifted up on the curtains. Right. And, and or, or installing a urinal on the wall in a, right. yeah. Right. Cause and then the whole place is just a bathroom that it right. is anyway. <laughs> Right. And then it flushes when you walk away. Um, Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. It was, uh, That's fabulous. It was, yeah, that was. Uh, I didn't know that. That's fabulous. Installing like, you know, four motion sensors. Yeah. Well, right. that was just, you know, I love it. Yeah. That must have been so funny. It was super funny. Um, and but one not funny part was installing this, you know, 60 PSI pressure tank for water inside of the closet that held all the artwork uh, storage. And I'm just like switching out the tank being like, oh, my God, do not fuck this up, if it, you know, because it'll spray everywhere if you kind of turn the wrong valve and disconnect the wrong. Holy shit. That's so nerve wracking. But, you know, and good for them for letting you do it. <laughs> Shout out Joe well, been, Arnheim. Yeah. Joe and Susan have been incredible. Oh, they're great people. I can't believe they let me close their gallery uh, twice. I mean, the scaffold and 5,000 square feet will divide. And and I think we all, you know, despite the, the healthy debate, um, we were all on, uh, it, it, on the same page by the end. So uh, no, no, I mean, uh, it's remarkable. So, um, yeah, so that changed the space. So uh, we get we get why there's a disconnect between your work and social media, for sure. Oh, so what I was building to was saying, like, I think that there's a way, and I feel so old saying this kind of, but, like, I think there's a way that I can kind of attack, uh, treat social media like the fair and find a way to translate that same conceptual line into uh, posting on a more frequent basis and sort of more public about the process, I guess, because that's what it would really have to be, I, mm -hmm. uh, I think. But I've always been a little scared of like being confined to the box and phone or whatever. So I'm, I'm yeah. Well, well, what about, but why, why aren't there any pictures of you visiting your parents or any pets or, or like uh, your, 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 what you ate for lunch? Why don't we get any of that stuff? Sometimes I do the stories about that, but I, like I said, I kind of don't want to be the star. Like I, I want the work to not be infected by my personal. So you actively don't want your personality to influence. You want to be invisible because you want people to approach your work without seeing a person behind it. Absolutely. So you actually don't want to have you yourself as a person uh, out there visibly in any, Absolutely. in any I, way. Yeah. I think that's because I feel like the work is the strength of the work is 
not my presentation of it. It's just the piece itself. And a lot of them are sort of more on the subtle side. And so if I'm kind of standing there uh, being P.T. Barnum's character in front of it, then I, I, I feel like that changes the way that you see it. And well, I you have a little bit of the Banksy problem, don't you? <laughs> like if people know who you are, there's a lot of the mis mystery is gone, right? Yeah, I, I, no, I, you know, I, I guess I, I don't really try to actively hide. No, I know you're I not doing like, it in a self-conscious way. Yeah, the way like he just, is, he is, I guess. Just being uh, less public is now hiding. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's. No, I mean, I, I was just curious. I was just yeah. curious. Uh, what? So, so, um, but then your work is also standing in front of you, the person, which is okay. I mean, that might be, that might be, that might, I mean, I'm not making a judgment about that. There is no judgment to be made, but is there... It's just that the work is the most important thing to you, or you um, no, I guess that like uh like I was saying that i mean the the piece the pieces to me are really more about the way that people interact within them or or sort of astride them whatever i I think that when i i mean I have let myself become part of the work. I mean, I was, you know, dressed in a suit and standing next to the slot machines with a name tag on and, and uh, kind of being the pit boss. But uh, I, I no. guess I like to be that chameleon. And so, um, you know, that, I don't know. I, I Right. Right. But what, what I'm saying is, is that uh, there's the work mm -hmm. and then there's this guy, Andrew, Oh, uh -huh, what, whatever. I'm not going to, embarrass myself, which, which I just did. So, um, Andrew O. So the thing is, is like, so Andrew O is where, 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 where is he? Where is Andrew O? We, we only see, he doesn't want to, are you hiding from us? That's okay. You're not. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like no, I'm I getting an angry reason. and, I... and there's really like, you should just tell me to shut up. Well, this is what I, I was going to say. I feel like I have sort of a, uh, I don't really love this image of like the art star, the flamboyant kind of artist that all the work is sort of viewed through the lens of who this celebrity is or, you know, and, and I, I, I actually usually when you walk into the, the gallery and I think I was talking with Alex Yudson about this uh, before the pandemic way long ago and like you see the people crazy like dressed in crazy outfits and i generally don't love their work it's like the kind of like quieter uh, it's I that like integrity thing again <laughs> maybe integrity that's a little there you go so it's kind of like your work is pretty well known so you don't want to be well known because then that will interfere with your work because your work is actually pretty well known well, thank you. I guess, yeah, I just feel like it taints the way that you see it. Um, I could see that. I could I see mean, that because... Some of the most amazing moments for me have been like, uh, oh, man, this ATM vestibule is crazy. You know, this one time I saw a bar that somebody had built into a roll gate in Brooklyn. It was like a one-man telephone booth, and I'm like, yeah, 
Yeah, it was yours. Oh, did people go nuts? Yeah, I mean, usually. But yeah, but then you get the so feedback. Much. You get the you get yeah. the feedback, which is amazing without having any kind of uh, filter. So, Andrew, this has been so interesting, and we only have three minutes left. Um, so, I just want to make sure that, like, we get everything in, that you have a chance to like say anything that we haven't covered or what you're doing next or any of that. And um, I mean, I guess like, you know, the one thing that I wanted to, or the one thing I would say is like, I believe in pushing where it hurts. I, you know, I think that this is like, we've been describing this kind of process that is painful at times. And uh, you know, I think that the good, good work comes out of pushing where it hurts. And yeah. Work now has become a little comfortable. I haven't seen a, a sort of aggressively uh, challenging piece in a while. Um, you know, other than you mean out in the world, out in the world. Yeah. And yeah. Like uh, the cause exhibit. Yeah. Which is confusing. Although Ben Davis shout out, I just posted on Facebook. He wrote a great article about it uh that summed it up perfectly, but, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like art and uh, art has become less, there's no challenging art. It's hard to find challenging art. Right. Right. Well, and I feel like that's a product of this kind of, secondary mark or I the, the the value of art going so astronomically high and being treated more like a stock. Yes. Um and, and trophies. Uh, you don't trophies. You know, I don't know. I guess there's a market for kind of uh, uh risky stocks, but it doesn't seem that talking about money in art is is a subject many people want to deal with. Um okay. So yeah. do you have anything coming up that you uh-huh. Or, um, or are you in the, like, are you, are you just thinking about like a hundred, a few hundred ideas a day that you, that you're passing on? Is that where you are right now? I mean, I've had this piece coming up for a while, which is uh, the strip club. And now I, I just feel like it's a, a strip uh, club. Yeah. It's a strip club where you're the stripper. I mean, you where, know. where is that? That sounds great. Well, it was originally set up for a storefront for art and architecture. And then that kind of fell through a couple of years ago. And and it, this was, I mean, this has been kicking around for a while. This was the alternate to that. I love that idea. You walk in, you were expecting to go into a strip club. As okay. 30 seconds. And I also have to remind people to, so where is it going to be? Is it going to be anywhere? Oh, well, right now we're still trying to figure out where the hell that uh, actually happened. I I love that idea. And Andrew, thanks so much for being on yeah. today. It's so interesting to talk to you. And I just want to remind people to uh, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org. Uh, check us out. Uh, We really could use your help. This is a very, very, very difficult time. We have so many. We do a lot for the community. We even uh, teach teenagers about radio. I mean, how to do their own radio shows and stuff. So you should really check us out and stick around. Um, Right after this, we've got Elon Danziger on Lost and Rewound. And he's, he's awesome. He's funny, plays great music. Thanks for listening.